What's up, this Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast, and this is the 68th episode of Season 3. Today we're talking about Week 11 takeaways and Week 12 waiver wire. hope that you all have all been having a good fantasy season. It seems like the trade deadline has been here for a lot of us. So all the takeaways today are going to be a little bit shorter, um, a little bit about things that you need to know going forward, and we'll jump right into the waiver wire picks. And as we're getting closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs, I'm going to probably add a couple extra waiver wire picks every week. Just a couple guys I'll mention briefly. The episodes are still going to be in the same length of time. Don't worry, I'm not going to keep you here longer than you need to. We all got stuff to do as you're listening to this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, probably. But Ultimately, these are players that you need to be keeping an eye on for the takeaways and players you need to be picking up for the waiver wire. That being said, let's jump into the takeaways for week 11. And that starts with the Falcons' backfield. And Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier split the snaps very about 50-50. You know, there's a slight edge to Algier, but he had 11 touches to 12 for Patterson. And this offense is going to be uglier without Kyle Pitts. I know that Kyle Pitts has not been good. I don't think we realize how much defensive attention goes to Kyle Pitts because he's the only option. And now that they have not a single pass catcher that you know has a remote chance out there with how much they already run the ball, this offense is only going to get uglier. But they're going to have to just run the ball about 100 times a game. And that is good for you know Patterson and Algier in terms of the volume. But these, these game scripts are going to be really ugly for the Falcons every single week. I don't think there's a real running back to own. It's probably Cordero Patterson, but it seems like Algier is commanding about 50 percent of the work which is going to hold both of them back in an anemic offense every single week david montgomery did see an increased usage though david montgomery played 80 percent of the snaps this week without Khalil herbert which was great Devonte smith also with dallas goddard's injury saw a season high 39 percent target share without goddard in the lineup aj brown also saw a 31 percent target share i would expect both these guys around 30 percent of the targets for the rest of the season obviously a slight downgrade for jalen hurts now that he doesn't have dallas goddard and it'll be jack stoll or grant calcaterra at tight end and those guys are just not what goddard brings every week but ultimately smith and aj brown are definitely going to see a boost another guy that's continued to see a boost is ramondre stevenson who just played 78 percent of the snaps this is with damian harris fully healthy off a bye, no setbacks, nothing. And Ramondre Stevenson is still playing darn near 80% of the snaps. He's had at least a 20% target share in five straight games now. He's been absolutely ridiculous. Michael Carter is the Jets running back to own. He played 46% of the Jets running back snaps this week. And James Robinson played behind Ty Johnson, which is very alarming. James Robinson is now droppable in all of your fantasy leagues. Antonio Gibson took over the backfield for Washington, played 68% of the snaps. I don't know what this backfield is. It seems like J.D. McKissick is going to be out probably for the season. He's on IR now, so it's going to be just Gibson and Brian Robinson. But every week it seems to flip-flop who's going to be the running back one. I think Gibson's the more explosive player. He's the pass catcher. I would expect him to be the guy that plays around 60% of the snaps going forward. Damian Pierce, worst game of the season, 77% of the snaps still. He is due for better games. If you can buy low on him, please do. Tyler Higby's another guy that's a buy low. He just saw 89% route participation in this first game without Cooper Cup. He's been around 50 with Cooper Cup playing the last few weeks, but they needed somebody to catch the ball. And Tyler Higby saw the clearest, biggest, 
bump in route participation. Allen Robinson still seeing over 90% of the snaps, still not commanding much over 20% of the targets. This is a big boost for Higby every single week for the rest of the season. Chuba Hubbard is also starting to see a boost. We thought that you know this Ravens game was going to be a blowout, and it wasn't. It was closer most of the game. And Chuba Hubbard still saw 40% of the snaps. Deontay Foreman saw 38% of the snaps. Unless Foreman is playing the Falcons, he has not been very good the last few weeks. And it seems like now that Hubbard's getting healthy, he's going to take over more and more of the work and see more and more of the passing work. I think Foreman is still not good unless it's going to be a run-heavy game script, which we're going to see very rarely from this Carolina team. Greg Dolchich this week you know, didn't have the greatest production. He had four receptions and 30 receiving yards, but he did see 85% of his team's routes. I think that was the sixth highest mark in the NFL this week for tight ends. That is obviously good usage, and hopefully those targets will continue to come for Greg Dolchich. And where the targets are going is another tight end named Pat Fryermuth, who's averaging almost nine targets per game over his last four games. With Chase Claypool gone, it's opened up this offense even more to go through Fryermuth to go through George Pickens, and to go through Deontay Johnson. Fryermuth has looked elite. He is commanding targets. The production is going to come. Now let's get on to these waiver wire targets for Week 12. Got 12 waiver targets for Week 12, 12 guys that you should be thinking about in all of your leagues. As always, just because I have them listed number 1 through 12 is not how I would prioritize them. You have to think about your league, your scoring format, and what your team needs at this point. Do you need a wide receiver, running back, tight end, no matter what it is, these are the guys that I'll be looking to get in all of your leagues. You can arrange them however you want to, but these are the guys I'm looking to pick up. And it starts with the Buccaneers running back, Rashad White, who's expected to keep the starting role. He is still owned in under 50% of the leagues, which is crazy to me. He took over the starting role before Leonard Fournette got hurt. Leonard Fournette is still dealing with this hip injury, and Rashad White saw 22 touches and the start before Fournette got hurt. I think that ultimately it's going to be Rashad White's backfield as long as he continues to produce for the rest of the season. Another guy who may own his backfield for the rest of the season is my number two pickup, Isaiah Pacheco, who did play under 50% of the snaps and went down to just 33% of the routes run. But Clyde Rizzi-Lair highly sprained his ankle, and now Pacheco is only competing with Jarek McKinnon, who's over 30 years old, is going to see the passing work. But Isaiah Pacheco has seen back-to-back games with 15-plus carries and 80-plus yards. We talk about this every week. Elite offensive line, elite offense. The rushing touchdowns are going to come for Pacheco. He is the guy for them that's going to be the goal line back. It is not going to be Jarek McKinnon. As long as he continues to see around 15-plus carries per game, he is going to be a low-end running back too. Definitely grab him if you can. A guy who might weirdly be a back a bell cow, unless something crazy happens, is Latavius Murray, who's 32 years old. I don't know what the Broncos were thinking yesterday, but they released Melvin Gordon, and now Chase Edmonds has a high ankle sprain and is going to miss a few weeks, which leaves the only running back really in this backfield as Latavius Murray. Mike Boone is still on IR, and there's no one else that is really going to take production away from Latavius Murray at this point. And now Latavius Murray has the Carolina Panthers, who have given up you know our bottom five against the running back so far. And Latavius Murray, over these last final six weeks of the fantasy football season – has just one top 10 tough matchup. Every other team he plays is either bad or middle of the pack against running backs, and there's a real chance we could see a Latavius Murray 32-year-old backfield bell cow for the last six weeks of the season. I have him behind Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco because of his age and the offense that he's in, but ultimately if he sees anywhere near 20 touches a game, he is going to be productive to some degree in fantasy football. A guy that's going so under the radar at the wide receiver position is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's seen 50-plus yards in seven straight games, 
and has seen 70-plus receiving yards in five of his last seven games. He now gets Deshaun Watson back in Week 13, which is going to help him even more. He's commanding targets. He's putting up high yardage numbers. Like I mentioned, 70-plus yards in five of his last seven games. If you said that for any wide receiver in the NFL, you would be happy with that, and this guy is still on your waiver wire. Another guy going off of that, Browns, Deshaun Watson. He's going to be starting Week 13. Take advantage. Get him on your bench now. This is a guy who averages a career 22.7 fantasy points per game in his career. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Peoples-Jones who's producing. And David Njoku's only going to get healthier. This offense is going to look good with a good offensive line. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I think that within a couple weeks, they'll be firing on all cylinders. And Deshaun Watson will probably be a top eight QB come fantasy playoff time. Definitely go out and get ahead. Another guy that's very interesting to see how much he's going to be doing come playoff time is Traylon Burks who after coming off IR has seen six and eight targets the last two weeks and coming off his best game of his career where he had seven catches for 111 yards against Jair Alexander in the Green Bay Packers. He was targeted on 29% of his routes. As we've been talking about all season, rookie wide receivers get better in the back half of the season. There's no other target competition on this offense for Tennessee. Whether Traylon Burks is a good player or not remains to be seen, but ultimately he has no competition. He's commanding targets over the last two weeks and just had his best game of his career against a really tough corner and a really tough secondary. I'm excited to see what Traylon Burks does. Another rookie that I'm excited to see, not as much. I think Traylon Burks is a lot better than this guy at this point, but someone that could be interesting is Sky Moore. I mean, it took injuries to Kadarius Toney, McCole Hardman, and Juju Smith-Schuster, but he was targeted on over 25% of his routes this past week, and he had five catches on six targets for 63 total yards. He clearly looked really explosive, and he looked really, really good when he's playing. I don't know why he's not playing over some of these guys like Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but if Sky Moore continues to get more snaps, he's someone that's going to be interesting and you should be keeping on your fantasy radar. Not a top waiver wire pick, but someone to keep an eye on. Another guy to keep an eye on is Samaje Pirine. Joe Mixon is in concussion protocol. I think Joe Mixon is going to clear it and be back for this coming week, but if he misses this week, Samadji Piran's the guy that just caught two touchdowns this past week. This offense is only going to get better as soon as Jamar Chase comes back, which could be as soon as this week or next week most likely. But ultimately, Piran is going to be the bell cow if Mixon misses this game. If it seems like he is trending to be out, Piran is going to be a borderline running back one in fantasy football, so definitely keep an eye on him. As for the quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks that you should be looking at as streamers at this point is Derek Carr who has seen 18-plus fantasy points in three straight games while throwing for at least two touchdowns in every game. And now he's going to be in a shootout versus Seattle coming off the bye. I think this is a going to be a game that scores a lot of points. Ultimately, Devontae Adams is playing his best football of the entire season. This offense has started to look a little bit better and better. You know, Mac Hollins is making an impact. They have a number of guys that are making an impact. I think ultimately it's going to weigh good on Derek Carr, a perfect consistent option. But if you don't want him, go for Jimmy Garoppolo who oddly enough has seen 17-plus fantasy points in six straight games. And especially now that he has this new and improved offense with Debo, George Kittle, I mean, Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, his offense is looking absolutely elite. It's going to prop Jimmy Garoppolo up every week, making him a super safe option for fantasy. If you're a Justin Fields owner and you need a backup plan, I'd be going for one of these two guys. The only other players that I think you should definitely keep an eye on, if you need a tight end, there really is not a great tight end that is out there on waivers outside of Greg Dolchich. But 
Jawan Johnson might be the guy that I'm throwing a dart on. He's had five touchdowns in the last five weeks, a touchdown in four of his last five games, 40-plus receiving yards each of the last three weeks. He's the guy that Andy Dalton is looking for when they get close to the red area for the Saints. Jawan Johnson is an interesting tight end flyer. And the final player of today's episode that you should be keeping an eye on is Odell Beckham Jr. He should be signing within the next week or two, probably right after Thanksgiving. And it seems like he is down to either the Giants or or the Cowboys. And the funny thing about both of those teams is outside of CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys, not a lot of target competition. And with Wandale Robinson, who's been the Giants' best wide receiver this year, also now down for the season, Odell Beckham, if he is any way remotely healthy, is going to command a lot of targets and do a lot of good things. If you're not taking Beckham, take someone like Darius Slayton, who has quietly put up a nice stretch of games at least not, at least double-digit fantasy points in four straight games. He's had at least 58 receiving yards in four straight games, and he's had at least six targets in three of his last four games. And over that span, he's averaging just under seven targets a game, touchdowns in two of his last four. Darius Slayton's very interesting, especially for this Giants team that does not have a lot of tough matchups the wide receiver position going forward. So whether it's Odell Beckham who signs there, or Darius Slayton, both guys that you want to be picking up. Ultimately, Beckham, someone I am looking for on the waiver wire, especially a boat that he is due to sign probably next week or the week after. Keep an eye on him. But that is it for the Week 11 Takeaways, the Week 12 waiver wire. Cannot wait to keep bringing you this episode every single week. Don't forget to check out The Edge this Friday with my co-host Ben Holby. Checking out who is the best players against what coverages and why they will succeed this week. This show has changed my life and the way I look at fantasy football. It has been way more successful and way more accurate than I ever would have dreamed of. And it has been really good. So make sure to check that out for the best stats to know for week 12. But as always, don't forget to chase that upside.